welcome to Creative Conversations, the Tiger Spirit podcast exploring creativity in all its diverse forms. I'm your host, Yang Mei Ui. I'm a TEDx speaker and multimedia author. In this episode, I'm speaking with actor and playwright Daniel York about his new play, Forgotten, currently on at the Theatre Royal Plymouth until 20th October 2018, and then transferring to the Arcola Theatre in London, where it will be on from the 23rd of October through to the 17th of November 2018. Now, Daniel is uh, in Plymouth uh, with the play at the moment, uh, so he's speaking to me by phone from Plymouth, um, and uh, there may be some crackling on the line, so I hope um, you'll forgive that. Let's go now straight into our creative conversation with Daniel York. So, Daniel York, welcome to Creative Conversations. Hi. Hi. Um, so you're, you've got a new play out uh, called Forgotten. Um, can you yeah. start us off by telling us what, what, what the play is about? It's basically, uh, it's based on the, the stories and experiences of the uh, Chinese, World War I Chinese Labour Corps, which is, a, you know, a, a forgotten, that's why it's called Forgotten. It's a forgotten story about, you know, the approximately 140,000 Chinese laborers who worked behind the lines for the British and French armies at the tail end of World War One, um, and made an enormous contribution to to the ultimate outcome of that that conflict, and then literally just seemed to disappear into the mists of time and were forgotten. I go further; I mean, they weren't just forgotten; they were literally erased and, and, and airbrushed out of history, literally. That's quite shocking, isn't it? Um, that the, yeah, the, it is. that it contribution um, was uh, erased out of history. Uh, but let, let's um, yeah. uh, we'll, we'll come to that as as we talk about how you developed the story. So, how did you first come across the story of the Chinese Labour Corps? Well, with the centenary of World War One going round in, in this is in 2014, and uh, I, I got you know I got various uh, petitions passed on to me. Um, the, Steve Steve Lau. Uh, who runs a campaign called Ensuring We Remember to get the Chinese Labour Corps commemorated in this country and remembered. Yes, that's right, yes. We're sending around uh, 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 an e-petition, basically, to get the Imperial War Museum to recognise the Chinese labourers, to to get um, some sort of uh, monument to the labourers, which is going to happen um, now. Well, it's going to time too, yes. Yeah. Um, so I'd signed that petition and then I, I'd read newspaper articles and stuff like that. And I was, you know, I was writing a, I'd been asked to submit a five minute play for um, a five minute play festival, Boom Plays at the Bush Theatre that, um, that Angelic Tales were doing. That's Ricky Beagle Byrne, John, John R. Gordon. And, and Ricky was sort of saying to me, you know, yeah, you should write about something that really means something to you. And, and I, as he was talking, I looked down on my, my computer and there was, that, there was this article about the Chinese laborers. I thought, well, you know, it's one scene, I'll, I'll write it. So I wrote one scene for that, you know, five minute, that five minute play. For There's one line from that scene that's, that's in the full leg play now. And then afterwards, people said, that's great, it's a great story. You, 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 should, go and, uh, you should go and write the full length version. Um, and then you know you've got to look at that and think, wow, that's you know it's a big it's a big story, and you've really got to know the history, you've got to know the story, you've got to know the world, you've got to know all the factors. So I went away and did like shed loads of research. I mean, not not just on the Chinese laborers themselves, but on 
China at the time, the, the geopolitical situation at the time, um, Chinese history, uh, World War One. Uh, you know the the, the kind of um, imperial friction that was going on in the world. Um, I read a lot about Chinese theatre. Uh, there was just a lot, you know. There was a lot, it was a lot to take on, and I, I didn't write anything for six months a year. You know, I just read. And, Stuff and, and, Gosh, it's uh, quite and then eventually huge, I sat down. Yeah, got a huge undertaking. Um, and did yeah. you think that it was going to take you four years to bring it to fruition? I hoped it wouldn't. To be honest, I, I would like it to have gone on quicker. I, I suppose, but you know, then maybe things work out for the best because that four years gave me a lot of time to keep reevaluating and keep working on it and keep keep doing more research into it and keep being influenced by things. So. Yeah. Maybe that worked for the best. I, I don't know. It's difficult to say. Yeah, um, I, I want to uh, in, in a few minutes just ask you to go into a bit more depth about the creative process. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, but but for now, can we just sort of stay at the beginning and and this sense yeah. of why was this story? Why did it feel so important to you personally that you wanted to to tell it and and to to throw yourself into this research and um uh, you know this this big project. Honestly, I just, do you know what, I just thought that, that really is the kind of, um, what's the word, it, 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 there's, there's a whole thing about East Asians in, in the West, you know, how kind of diminished we are, how kind of invisible we are, you know, that, that, that's, that's when, when, when black people talk about racism, they talk about, you know, they talk about abuse on, 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 on they talk about abuse and they talk about not getting jobs and, and, and South Asians talk about a different thing. And they thought, well, you know, Islamophobia. What, what do East Asians always talk about? We're not, we don't exist. We're, we're invisible. And actually that, that leads us to being abused quite a lot, actually. Apparently, you, you know, Chinese takeaways are one of the kind of targets for, for, for all sorts of racial abuse. So it was about that, about, about us feeling insignificant and, you know, and, not valued and not not important and 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 i you know it's easy to blame you know the nasty white man for doing that to us but but i you know our own governments do it to us i mean frankly i i, I feel like you know the people's republic of china government you, you know totally want their citizens to be kind of anonymous worker drones i feel the same in singapore you know where where my family's from you know i don't, I don't feel you know there's this idea that i think white people have the privilege of individual expression individual personalities individual achievements and their achievements will get registered and their their tragedies will get registered their deaths will get registered whereas whereas i just feel east asian lives they just don't seem to matter very much they're cheap you know what i mean and people don't care about them people just assume we we, we don't have Interests, goals, passions, loves, losses, heartaches, despairs. Yeah, it's very, very true. I'm, I'm sorry to, to cut you off because you're no, sort of no, getting go, me go, go, excited. Go, go, go. Um, because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there is this idea that we exist in the background. And, and for me, one, yeah. I, I'm an author myself and I, I've done a, a play. Yeah. Um, and for me, what is important it, it is that, you know, East Asians, um, our stories are not, don't just speak to the East Asian experience. They are universal experiences. We are, yeah, they are um, men and women who love, who hate, who fight, um, who have yeah. 
who are heroes in our own right. And, and I think it's, it's so important what you're doing, bringing these stories of these 140,000 people who just suddenly their story, you know, I never, when I studied World War I, no. at, uh, you know, at school, and had no idea that, that Chinese people were involved. Um, so, no. uh, you know, thank you for, 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 for bringing this to, to, to the stage. Well, no, I mean, you know, that's, that's my privilege in many ways to, to do that, to, to try and get that out there, you know. But, I mean, I, I, do, I do want to be clear. I mean, one of the things we, we you know, when we were talking about marketing it, there, there was a guy doing a strap line for the poster and it was the forgotten story of the World War One Chinese Labour Corps. And I had to say, wait, wait, hold on. It's not the story of the Chinese Labour Corps. It's a fictional story that I've invented around what I've researched. And there's 100, approximately 140,000 of those guys there. There's 140,000 stories, actually. You know what I mean? Who knows? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, that, I just need to be clear about that, really, you know. And I, I think... But, I, but you're I, absolutely right. Our stories are... It should be universal, yeah. With, with, with the title, Forgotten, it's quite a powerful title. And it made me think, you know, Armistice Day, 11th of November, it's called Remembrance Day. And yeah. we're coming up to the centenary yeah. of that. Um, yeah. And actually, we're remembering not everybody, uh, uh, but until now, and, and through your work and Steve Lau's work and, and all the other people involved in bringing back the story of the Chinese Labour Corps in, in different media, um, finally, uh, these guys are going to be remembered. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. I mean, there does seem to be some sort of building consciousness of it. I, I, I would like that to be the case. I mean, that, that there is, I think, you know, I, I can say this because I, I grew up in Britain all my life and half my family are white British. We do have this kind of skew with idea of, of history in this country that, that, that we won these world wars all on our own, you know, the plucky little Brits. And that's just not the case. You know what I mean? And I, I think that that kind of singular kind of insular view of, of, of our history and our past is, le is leading right now to some, some quite worrying developments, I think. You know, I, mean, I don't think we, we, we've ever kind of learned to appreciate that, 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 you know, and appreciate how fortunate we've been. You know, that's not to belie Britain's, you know, the, the people of Britain and how heroic they've been in those conflicts. That's not to, to belie that at all. But, you know, you, those things could only be done in collaboration with others. And the contribution of the Chinese laborers was enormous, I have to say. At a point in the war when both sides were literally collapsing from exhaustion and depletion, to have 140,000 fit, able, hardy guys from northern China who, who worked very hard. I mean, I mean, I mean you know, there is that fear of Chinese labor there. I mean, I mean, I mean they had to, the, the British shipped their Chinese laborers straight back after the war because the trade unions in Britain were having none of it. It's like they work too hard and they're cheap. You know what I mean? So it, that's how it was demoralizing for the Germans to have that happen. There's no, there's no getting away from it. Mm. And I think I also want to, 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 to emphasize and underscore what you were saying is that by raising the consciousness of um, minority groups and, and other groups, um, you're yeah. not belittling or bringing down uh, the majority. No. Um, uh, and it's like everybody needs to be recognized. Um, it's not by saying, you know, um, a is fantastic. A B is also fantastic, and we can say that we, you know, no, no, we can, we no, can no, have no. that that duality. Um, just by saying, yeah. uh, you know, having these consciousness raising things doesn't mean that we're we're getting at anybody else. Um, actually, everybody, you know, the people who have have been heroic, whatever their background, whatever their color, whatever, um, you know, need to be recognised. 
Um, yeah. So um, let's let's dive into um, the, the the creative process. Um, so you yeah. started off doing a whole ton of research. What do you do with this piles and piles of research? Um, and then how do you pare it down to bring it to uh, some sort of order that has actually a story yeah. that is interesting and it's not just kind of facts and figures. <laughs> Well, yeah, this is it. I mean, I mean, one of the things I got really fascinated about early on was 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 that what I didn't didn't have factors for was the politics around the Chinese laborers, like why they were there, the fact that the Chinese Republican government at the time was teetering on the point of collapse, and I learned a lot about the fact that you know China is always left out of the empire narrative, and that's basically because no one single country colonized it. But it was colonized, it was just colonized by seven or eight different countries, and 71% of its territory at the time of World War One was controlled by foreign powers, who, who basically milked it like a cash cow. And also, you know, China, the, the, the struggling Chinese Republican government, with, you know, civil, civil conflict, you know, um, provinces rebelling, starting civil wars with each other, just teetering on the point of collapse, up to its neck in debt. Debts imposed by Western powers for lost opium wars, for failed uprisings, for anything. Any German missionaries got hit in, you know, in Shandong, they immediately, another fine was slapped, crippled. So I got very interested in that. I wrote this mammoth thing, which was 300 pages long, which had like 25 characters and it had all that. <laughs> and it's just been paring that down and paring that. So get, trying to get that, trying to get that stuff happening off stage, but trying to fill the off stage world as it affects my kind of, four, five main characters, really, you know what I mean? How, how it affects them and, and how, how they end up taking this decision to go to the other side of the world and take part in this, this, this awful conflict. You, you, know, it, it, you know, there's, there's a distillation you have to go through. So, so the play yeah, follows, yeah. follows five, five young men who come from... Um, well, it's, it follows... I, I would say, really, it follows three young men and, and a young woman mm -hmm. and the three young men meet another young man. So there's four of them out there, but, but, but I'd say that the core family unit is the four of them at the beginning, I'd, I'd say. And there's, there's, there's other characters that come in and affect them as well. But, but that's the kind of, I guess those are our four, four protagonists and they, they, there's arguably a fifth one, you know, who's, who's the guy they meet when they, when they go to the recruitment center. You right. Know, and, so, and, yeah, it follows them basically. Yeah, so it's it's actually um, again, um, it, although it's an epic, it's an epic story, epic background. We're following um, four or five characters, and there's a family unit. And so, um, as an actor, you're an actor and a playwright. Um, yeah. How did your background as an actor, do you think, inform kind of, kind of creating these characters, creating their stories um, that make it believable, that's just, you know, that, that, that has humanity to it uh, beyond just the facts and figures? Uh, well, I mean, I, I guess one of the things, I mean, the, there's, a, there's a kind of myth that actors always make good playwrights. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but, but one thing we generally are quite good at, if we're anyway decent as actors, is, is, is getting inside characters and creating characters and creating relationships and creating dialogue. Um, I, I, one of the things I found very early on when I started writing is I was, you know, I was quite good at writing a scene. I was quite good at writing riffy dialogue. I was quite good at writing abrasive and interesting and sharp and funny characters. What I couldn't do was, was, was put it in any kind of story. 
you know what I mean? And, and I would riff around and, and, and I got, you know, and I, I would get bits of pithy feedback. I, mean, I don't know if you've ever found this. I, the idea, you know, there's this kind of notion that when you write, you know, people will read everything you do and they'll, they'll offer you really kind of like interesting insight. Actually, people don't read it at all and they don't say anything much, you know. But one of the things I did get, I kept getting landing, was the story didn't grab me, the story didn't grab me. So one of the things I kind of like set out to do in the last couple of years, and especially with this, is write, well, you know, I'm going to try and get you on the edge of your seats as quick as possible and keep you there for as long as I can, you know. And and, and I kind of really thought about things like um, one of my favourite quotes about that kind of thing is is, is 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 Alfred Hitchcock. He said, you know, you can have two guys sitting at a dinner table as long as you got a bomb under the table, and it, it's stuff like that, you know, basically. So working on that kind of tension and that kind of drama, I, I think you know, I'm, I'm kind of very big on actually having drama on the stage. Yes. Um, so, so, so yeah. it's not just polemic about um, the forgotten Chinese labour court. It's actually true stories that have drama and, and tension that, and that that um, keep keep the audience riveted. Um, and I, I, what I I think it's interesting how different uh, uh, creatives deal with with feedback. Um, you know, it, it, people say to you, "Oh, don't. There's no story. I'm not interested in it. It doesn't grab." Yeah. Um, a, a different personality might go, oh, well, I'm just going to give up now and nobody likes my play. Um, but actually what yeah. you, you had was tenacity and a commitment to create something, to, to make a story that would work. Yeah, I mean, I do think that you, you probably know this yourself, yeah, I know you're funny. If, you, if, if, if you're going to write, you're going to be criticised, you're going to be insulted sometimes, you're going to be ignored a lot, you're going to be, you know, and you kind of have to take that on in a way and you, you can't and I, th I do believe one of the, one of the biggest influences on me was, was like I say this all started with Ricky Beadle Blair Ricky's great he'll, he'll get out there in front of a whole audience of people on his on his uh, scratch nights and he'll say every one of you's got a play every one of you's got a story and I want to hear your story you know we're, 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 we're bred in this kind of white middle class elitist arts world which is basically well, you, well, you can't do that you know I'm, it's very difficult, darling. I, I don't think you've quite got the class or the breeding or the education. It's very hard for you to write a play, you know, and, and, and you, you've really got to shove that and just say, look, no, you know what I mean? I've got a story. I've got a story somewhere, you know what I mean? And, mm. and tenacity will pay off sometimes. I mean, I do think, though, that you, you've got to be careful you don't just keep writing the same thing again and again and again. I mean, I mean, you know, if someone criticises you or something, I think you've either got to look at it, I think you've always got to look at it, and you've either got to take it on, or, or if you really decide, actually, that what they're criticising is what you want to do, you might want to look at that and say, well, what they're slagging me off for here is actually what I want to achieve, so I'm just going to keep doing that and doing even more. You know what I'm saying? Mm. But either way, I think you have to take a clear choice on it. You can't just ignore it. Mm -hmm. And in so you're, you're, you're an actor, but you're not in this play. Um, no. What was it like working with your with your cast? T tell us something about your cast, and and also the director. Um, You're not directing; it's uh, Kim Pierce is directing. No. Tell us about yeah. that whole that whole team. Uh, well, you know, I've I've really blessed really with with with, with all of them. They're, they're just phenomenal, really. I mean, I mean, Kim's a great director, and she's gonna. I think she's gonna be a huge, gonna be a huge career. And um, she she really. Um, Real passion for East Asian work and East Asian actors, and, and and shares that drive that we have is to get East Asians out there on stages across Britain. 
in terms of the actors, I mean, I mean I've, I've done various readings and, and workshops in this down the years, and, and I've had loads of fantastic actors in it. And I could have cast this four, time, four or five times over. I mean, what I'm really excited about with this cast is four of them are very, very new. I mean, new in terms of even of the East Asian acting community. You know, I don't think many people know about them. And very young. I mean, one of them is, one of them is ridiculously young. And um, they've got real fire in them, and they got you know, and they 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 work so well together. They work so hard as well, and they pick things up incredibly quickly. Um, and, and and they you know, and they and they you know, they're, they're from diversity stage and backgrounds as well, which I'm very very keen on. I I don't personally like these these casting calls you see when you see you know, I'm doing a play set in Japan. I must have Japanese actors. I must have this. I must. Have, I I just like no, nah, you know. I just think if, you, if, if, I've, if I've written that kind of play, then I've failed, really. If I've written a play that can only be performed by four guys who are actually from um, who are actually from Shenzhen, I just think I've failed, honestly. I, I don't think that's what drama's about. And I think that, that's, no, that's why white people are regarded as actors and we're not, because you take someone like Benedict Cumberbatch, he can play anything in Britain, anything in Europe, anything in North America, anything in South America, and he can play us when he wants to. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like that—that's that, that's the amount of privilege and range they get. Whereas we're kind of honed into this what I call bogus authenticity. Of course, I understand it sometimes. Sometimes you got to be very specific. Sometimes if, if, if that's, but I try not to write things where someone's coming in and they're specifically from a certain place. I mean, I try to write. I think the theatre is a lot more heightened than that. I think film and TV should be a lot more heightened than that, personally. But the theatre is definitely more heightened than that. And so, so that's, that's the way that's gone, really. I could, at one point, it did look like I, I might be in this, you know. But uh, we found, like, a couple of other actors, and they were so good. And I just thought, I'm defeating the purpose of what I'm doing if I just cast myself and I don't cast them. They're so good, I should let them fly, you know what I mean? Yes, that's brilliant. So you, 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 got, out of, you got out of your own way. <laughs> Yeah, 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 totally, yeah. Yeah, Brilliant. yeah. Um, so now, the uh, play has been on in Plymouth for a few days, a few weeks. Um, uh, no, 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 we're, we're in tech rehearsal now, is it? Oh, you're on Wednesday. tech rehearsal, right. Tomorrow, okay, yeah. Tomorrow, yeah. Um, so um, what can audiences expect when they come to the play? Um, I think it's... Uh, it's, it's one of the things I'm really keen on, it's a really good night out, you know, it's a gripping story. The, 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 the characters are huge and bold and, 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 and uh, larger than life. And Well, they're not larger than life, they are life, frankly. They're, they're life forces, every single one of them in it are life forces. The dialogue is salty, um, hilarious, uh, and, and ultimately it goes to some quite sad and dark places, but there's a lot of fun along the way. And the, the music is absolutely, the music by Liz Dew is absolutely astonishing. I was very keen on that, you know. I should say one of the things I found out when I was researching as well, and I, I really fed into this, was that these 140,000 Chinese laborers, not only were they very hardworking, not only were they very, very poor, and, you know, they also were, like, ridiculously creative and uh, ridiculously artistic. They engraved bombshells. They, they, they decorated their, 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 the ceilings of their quarters with elaborate kind of frescoes. They made trinkets for sale. They, they sang songs. They carried musical instruments. They entertained each other. They put on plays for each other. So my characters are an amateur Chinese theatre troupe. So there's a lot of song, there's a lot of story in it, and there's a lot of performance in it. And it's a big, big, loud, bold piece of work, you know. And it's sort of strut. And you know, I, I, I'm kind of into this kind of idea. I think people should go to the theatre and come out like like like, 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 like they've just been watching Stormzy. You know what I mean? They should come out pumped. That's, that's my 
that's my goal in life is to get people coming out feeling like wow you know what I mean yes, and, and, and wanting to get up and dance with the actors <laughs> Oh, it sounds amazing. And, and that actually, again, I want to emphasize that, uh, uh, and I, I hope you, you would agree that this is a universal story of um, oh, yeah. human men uh, and men and women uh, in, in, a, in a, a, a very um, challenging, horribly challenging situation of war. Um, and, and yeah. you know, we've talked about race and, uh, and East Asians and all that, but ultimately, as a playwright, uh, I, I, I don't know if you, if you feel the same as, as, as I do, that actually we're telling human stories. It's the universal human condition yeah completely and um i think there was a there was a long time in in um in british east asian theater where there were certain people who were kind of put on a pedestal by the arts council to to, to, to be gatekeepers and allow what work to be made and make work for themselves and it was all about playing a kind of what i call a a, a phony agnostic card sort mm. of rendering us quite mysterious you know what i mean and and and, and, you know, you'd hear things like, uh, well, you know, to come and see our shows, you have to understand Chinese culture. I mean, I don't know. That's not, you know, that's not what I'm about at all. I, I, I think you, you, you're absolutely. And, and I've certainly felt that with you and your work, Bound Free Blues. You know, I mean, that was all about, that was all about a woman and, and, and the people around her. Yes, you, you're from an Asian background, but that's not, that's not going to, that, that informs it, makes it, makes it a very particular kind of story, but it's still, nevertheless, it's still a universal story. It's still about a human being. And likewise yes. this, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's not, you know, you don't have to, it's not about, a, you know, this could have happened, and it did happen, it did happen. There, there, there were South African labourers as, as well, you know, there were all sorts, you know what I mean? Yes. And, and, and there's been people who've done this in wars since the beginning of time. Mm, mm, mm. So, so, so it's it, it's a familiar tale in many ways, but 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 it will be surprising in others. Yes, and so I, I suppose you've, you've answered a little bit, but I just want to dig deeper into and, and this, this 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 question: Why is this story important now for modern audiences to see? I think it's important now because it's a hundred years on from that conflict, and I think we should. I think, especially in this country, we need to re-examine the nature of those conflicts. We need to re-examine. Our sense of uh, our sense of what those conflicts were. There's this idea you see on Twitter all the time that you know the First World War was just like the Second World War. It was us against evil Nazis, you know, and that's not really what happened. It was very much about colonial powers vying for dominance, you know. And one of the places where they where they where they where they rubbed up against each other, where there was a lot of friction, was China, because China was a huge, you know, cash cow which they wanted to glut basically. It was full of resources, it was golden opportunities, and they did get on each other's nerves in China. So it helped cause the war, and at the end of the war, when the Chinese government, because, you know, basically the laborers were there, because the, the fledgling Republican government, struggling to stay afloat, were trying to get a place at the post-war peace conference to win back concessions to the West, to win back their territories in Shandong, which the Japanese had. And they, they didn't get any of this. And that led to the May the 4th uprising, which led to civil war, which led to the Chinese Communist Party, Mao Zedong. You, you know what I mean? It, 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 and and with, 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 with the way things are at the moment, you look at you know, China firmly established as a massive superpower, maybe the biggest superpower on the planet at the moment, and, 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 and engaged in a, in a trade war with America. It's important when we look at you know, what's happened in the last hundred years. And, if we don't learn from history, we just end up repeating it. So, so this, this story, although it seems very particular, it's, it's basically about, you know, five or six people in a particular situation 100 years ago. It's got enormous resonances today. 
Thank you, Daniel. Um, that was really articulate summary of, of, of the big themes. Um, can you tell us uh, if people want to go and see it in Plymouth, what, what should they do? And if they want to come and see it in London, uh, what, what can they do? Well, uh, Plymouth, we're at Plymouth Theatre Royal, we're at the Drum Theatre, Plymouth Theatre Royal, uh, from tomorrow night through to Saturday. There's like four performances. After that, we come into the Arcola in London and we're on from the 23rd of October to the 17th of November. If you go on uh, the website, Arcola, A-R-C-O-L-A, Arcola Theatre, uh, which is a great theatre in Boston, um, you, can, you can please book tickets. Um, you also give there, there's a Beats Org special night if you go on wearebeats.org. There's a special Beats night, which is reduced price tickets and a free panel discussion on the 27th of October. But we're on, we're on every night apart from Sundays, I think, uh, through the 17th of, of November. Terrific. <laughs> Terrific. Daniel York, thank you very much. All right, thanks, Angwin. Yeah. I was talking there to actor and playwright Daniel York. For those of you in the Plymouth area who would like to see uh, Daniel's play Forgotten, the best thing to do is go to the website for the Plymouth Theatre Royal and click through to Forgotten. And for those of you in the London area who would like to see the play, the best thing to do is go to the Arcola Theatre website and click through to Forgotten. There are also links and photos to some of the things we talked about at my show notes page uh, on the tigerspirit.co.uk blog. Uh, the best thing to do is go to tigerspirit.co.uk forward slash blog and look for the category creative conversations. Or you can go straight to the show notes page by using the bit.ly short link. And here's the link now, bit.ly forward slash ccv hyphen forgotten. Creative Conversations is conceived and presented by me, Yang Mei Ui. The podcast is produced by tigerspirit.co.uk. We're on Facebook, uh, so you can find our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash tigerspirituk. And uh, I'm also on Twitter and Instagram as at tigerspirituk. Thanks for listening and see you next time.